I'm delighted to be here. I better not take any more time. I need to go ahead and preach this word so we can transition. I believe God has something for you today. Um, I'm, I must, though, mention one of my spiritual moms. She's one of the most gracious women on this earth, and what an elect woman of God, Dr. Wanda. We thank you for being here today. Amen. I told her just to be prepared if I got to hand the mic over to her. We, let her finish this up. Um, there's something I like to do almost every time we gather at Agape, and I'd like us to do it before we read the word. The scripture says in Psalm 47 and 1 to clap your hands and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Before you do that, think about it very quickly. And I want you to free up your hands for a moment because we're getting ready to do that verse. Psalm 47 and 1 says, clap your hands and shout unto God, not with the voice of despair, but with the voice of triumph. When we come together, we clap our hands to keep temple with the song uh, of praise and worship. We clap our hands to make a joyful noise unto the Lord and praise for him. Whether you like her majesty or not, if the Queen of England were to enter this place, it would be right protocol for us to stand and then to greet her with applause. Well, we've got one greater than the Queen of England in the house. His majesty, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, amen. Amen. But listen, furthermore, clap your hands and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Saints, every time you clap your hands, you remind yourself that you are triumphant, that you are victorious. No matter what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like, sounds like, you've got the victory anyhow. Anyhow. So sometimes when the devil's speaking in my ear, I just go to clapping to remind myself that I am victorious. Then I learned that uh, every time we clap our hands for an ancient Israel, when they clapped their hands, it was in fact to mock their enemies. So they would just go, and it was like in your face to the enemy. So every time we clap our hands, and I love this, not only do we want remind ourselves that we are victorious, we remind the devil that he is defeated. So come on, clap your hands and shout unto God with the voice of triumph if you got the victory anyhow. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you quickly go with me to Exodus chapter 14. I promise I won't have you standing too much longer. Exodus chapter 14. The Lord has a word for us from this passage of scripture. I'm going to read to you a few verses, homework assignment, verses 1 through 14, but I'm just going to read a portion of these verses for you. In verse 1, I'll begin. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pihiroth, excuse me, between Migdal and the sea opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea, for the Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord and they did so. Skip down to verse 10 and when Pharaoh drew near the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold the Egyptians marched after them so they were very afraid. 
And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in this wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Look at your neighbor and say, today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Before you take your seat, I'd like you to help me to preach at least the title of this message. I want you to find three people that you can look at and I want you to act like their heart of hearing and I want you to shout out a word of encouragement to them this morning and tell them there is a way out that's it tell somebody else I don't know what you're going through I don't know what you're facing but there is a way out you may be seated in Jesus name pray for me as I am simply one of God's FedEx men sent here to deliver a word. My assignment is clear. My assignment is simple. It's to encourage you. It's to uh, not just inspire and not just challenge you, but to, with the word of God, bring you to a point of transformation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is uh, preached and then we receive it. We, we, we embrace it. And then There's faith for us to believe God for the impossible, to believe God who is called the way maker, who makes ways out of no ways. Aren't you glad today to serve that kind of God? I'm here to give you a friendly reminder to rehearse in your ears what perhaps you've already heard before, to um, be the one that comes to water the seed that's already been sown. But perhaps I'm here to sow a seed that's not yet been sown in the hearts of someone here today who appears to be in a hopeless situation. But you're surrounded with a cloud of witnesses. You're surrounded with witnesses in this house who will tell you that God is a deliverer. If you believe that today, would you just shout amen? He's a deliverer. I love this story. I I love it. It's one of the most fascinating stories in the Bible that speaks to us with clarity of God's ability, God's love, God's care for his children, and God's way of bringing about deliverance when his children cry unto him. I'm grateful today for the goodness of the Lord that is evident in each of our lives as we have considered the path that the Lord has taken us to see that the journey is really just as important as the destination. There are things that happen or occur in our lives that sometimes we cannot make sense of, but they're a part of God's purpose and plan in bringing us to the place that he desires us to be be and to uh, becoming that person God envisions each of us to mature, to come to a place of maturity, that is, to express the image and the likeness of God that he's created us to be. When I consider this passage of scripture, there's so much relevance, there's so much here that uh, we can relate to. We've got God's people in Egypt, 
and they're there now for 430 years. 430 years. They're there um, um, having um, been uh, brought into the land or, or their means of interest into the land goes back to the story of Joseph where Joseph um, uh, was given uh, charge uh, of the Lord Joseph the dreamer and was given access in Egypt after being enslaved after being in prison but God took him out of prison just like that and put him now in second in command in Egypt and you know the story there was a famine in Egypt in the land and his brothers those who conspired against him those who sold him into slavery in the first place now found themselves coming into Egypt because they heard there was food in Egypt during a time of famine but God set things in order, set things in place so that Joseph would be postured in such a way to bring salvation to his family and to uh, succeeding generations. And then they find themselves in Egypt and they begin to reside there and grow there. And so now we've got a situation where they're there for about 30 years and then now they're there and the uh, 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 Egyptians begin to turn on uh, the, the, these uh, people of God, Israel. And while they turned on them, now we find that Israel is enslaved in Egypt. I just wanted to give you a little rewind there in the story. Israel grew in size and might when oppressed, but more in the eyes of the Egyptians than they realized of themselves. Israel went out into Egypt as a family of 70, but they grew into a nation of millions. It's amazing what God can do even in the midst of our affliction. Amen, saints? Bible says that while they were there, they grew, they became fruitful, they multiplied, they grew mightily, and the land was filled with them. I want to tell you something, saints. I want to remind you of something that you may have forgotten or neglected. This is Satan's reality. Satan is really afraid of you. Would, would you help me with that? Just look at your neighbor and say, Satan is scared of you. Far more than you realize, you might think that you're insignificant, that you're of no value, but you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And I think, and I encourage people all the time, instead of you get, getting up in the morning and, and saying, oh God, another day, wonder what the devil's going to do today. I wonder what's going to go wrong today. Turn that situation around. Recognize who you are in Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you get up in the morning, get up with a hallelujah. Get up with a praise. Get up with great expectation. Get up with this intent. I'm going to torment the devil. When you get up, change that thing so that instead of you saying, oh God, the devil will say oh god they're up again change your attitude turn your situation around here we have a situation now where the uh, the king over egypt um th there was a king over egypt rather who did not know joseph joseph had been long dead and now he's looking and he's observing the land and he's seeing the land is filled with egyptians he says look the people of the children of israel are far more uh, than and are more and mightier than we come let us deal shrewdly with them lest they uh, uh, lest they continue to multiply and it happened in the event of war that they join with our enemies and fight against us and so therefore they put taskmasters over them to inflict the children of Israel with burdens so that they would build cities for them but notice the scripture says in Exodus 1 and verse uh, 12 but the more they afflicted them the more they multiplied and grew and they were in dread of the children of Israel God is never without a promise of deliverance and a way of escape 
God always has an exit strategy. I don't know where you are and what you're dealing with. The detail of our life stories may differ, but all of us have this in common. We know what it is to go through. And while you might sit around and give us the impression today, because you're dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's, that you got everything under control, I venture to say if we were to follow you home, we would discover the opposite is truth. See, the old adage goes this way, into each life some rain must fall. And I would encourage you not to put your mouth on people who are going through. Don't be so quick to just judge them to say they must be in sin. Because you're in trouble doesn't mean you're in sin. Trouble is not automatically a sign that an individual is sin. Now, sometimes because of sin, people do find themselves in trouble. And if that's your story, then you need to repent very quickly so that God can get you out of trouble. Because I promise you, us dousing you with anointing oil and waving holy hands over you is not going to bring about a deliverance. It will be you confessing your sins and then God, who is faithful and just, will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Isn't it good to know, though, that when you mess up, God is not like man who'll kick you to the curb? Isn't it wonderful to know that when you mess up, God will not put a scarlet letter red on your person and make you sit in the back? That God is, is pictured even as the father there, as the prodigal son comes to himself. There he is with his arms open saying, come unto me, put a ring on his finger, kill the fatted calf, put a robe on. Aren't you glad today that whenever you mess it, there is a way of escape? There is a way back to Jesus? But please, everybody who's going, in, going through trouble or in trouble is, is not in sin. Some folk are going, uh, uh, going, they're dealing with trouble rather because they're doing it right. They're walking the straight and narrow. When you're walking in the light, then you attract the powers of darkness. When you say, for God I'll live and for God I'll die, you're marked with a mark and Satan wants to shut you up and shut you down. But it's amazing to me, my God, that the scripture says that he is a very present help in trouble. If you're in trouble, all you need to do is look around. You are not alone. God is with you. Do I have a witness in the house? Furthermore, I learned this from the old saints, and I thank God for it. I love this about trouble. You got to look at trouble, not unilaterally. You got to look at it. There's another side to trouble. And the saints saw something before ever they understood the Hebrew and the Greek. They put it this way. And would you help me look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad trouble don't last always. God always has a way out. God always will bring about a deliverance. There was a prophecy given to Abram. It's recorded in Genesis 15, Genesis chapter 15 speaks to him about his seed that will come and the descendants and how that they would be strangers in the land and in a land that was not theirs and they would serve the inhabitants of the land and those people would afflict them for 400 years. And he says, the nation that afflicts them, he says, I'm going to judge them. And when they come out, your people come out, your descendants come out, they will come out with great possessions. God gave that prophecy many years, centuries before he was going to make um, the prophecy manifest. And I want to encourage someone here today who has received a prophetic word from God or a promise from God, and you're wondering, God, why are you taking so long? I've discovered that God's calendar is not always in sync with our calendar. 
That's a good life lesson to learn. God may show you a dream, give you a prophetic word, and you think that it should happen next week this time. And sometimes God says, no, it might be next year this time. Then sometimes it's decades in coming. But delay does not mean denial. If God promised you a thing, he is not a man that he should lie. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. Listen, I'm dis I've discovered this about God. I've seen it in his word. I've seen it by observation. Whenever God speaks a thing, the promises of God in him are yes. And the amen should be spoken of us to the glory of God. If God ever promised you a thing, my brother and my sisters, if God ever spoke a promise to you and you're walking in his will, keeping your eyes on Jesus, you can't even die till the pro prophecy comes to pass. So may I give you the advice that Paul the Apostle gave his spiritual son Timothy would just shake somebody near you and say war with your prophecy devil's been trying to discourage you he's been trying to cheat you out of it he's been trying to embarrass you he's been trying to make you think that God has forgotten you but God has not forgotten you he will make good on his promise. May I uh, uh, borrow from the book of Shalimar for just a moment? Would you help me look at your neighbor and say, you can take that to the bank. <laughs> Isaiah put it this way, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. God raised up a man named Moses who would be a deliverer of his children. And he says, I want you to go to Pharaoh. You know the story and tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may go into the wilderness and worship me. The people had been so enslaved so long that some of them had begun to doubt whether or not they really were God's people. Have you ever doubted that God really cared for you? I know we're here in the church today and you can't really let the real you be seen. You don't want anybody to think that you've not been a man or woman of great faith. You just got your praise on. But every one of us have been challenged. God, are you out there? God, hey, God, you, you, do you remember me? In fact, uh, we try to be nice because we've been taught to be respectful and holy and all. But, uh, you know, when I was growing up, we used to have testimony service. You remember the testimony service? Devotional leader on each side of a table. Come on, saints, jump up like popcorn. Give your testimony if he's ever done anything good for you. Intermittent with songs. Have you tried Jesus? He's all right. God is a good God. Yes, he is. And in between those selections, someone would inevitably uh, get up and say, I rise today to give honor to God, to my pastor, to his wife, to the elders, to the deacons, ministers, saints, and friends. Truly, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. That with a mighty burning fire on my way to heaven and enjoying the trip. I know today some folk aren't enjoying the trip. They're just tripping, but you stay with it, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. Amen. Uh, then they would give you the body of their testimony and tell of some good thing that the Lord has done. And, and uh, then they would conclude it with those of you who know the words of prayer. Pray my strength in the Lord that my mate go on to see what the end is going to be. See, so, so we, 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 we know how to do the thing. We know how to give everybody the impression that everything is going on and everything is right. How are you today? I'm blessed and highly favored. Isn't it? Praise the Lord. I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you? Blessed and highly favored. We confess in our faith. That's wonderful. But if we, again, would follow you home, we would see you and your blessed and, fi uh, and highly flavored self are really dealing with some challenges. <laughs> And if, if we'd ask you, can you just give us the real deal? How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. My husband did not come home for the last week. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm blessed and highly favored. My kids are just the most re rebellious. Oh, my. 
Just nudge your neighbor and say, would you just be real? And we wonder sometimes, hey God, have you forgotten about me? And while you're hearing everybody else's glorious testimonies, praise the Lord, saints, I just got wonderful favor from God. My God, I walked into the car dealership, praise the Lord, and God just blessed me, walked out of the car dealership, didn't have to put no money down. Thank you, Jesus. And we're just excited about it. And you, my God, my God, you just getting, uh, but after a while, you've been like, Lord, you know, I've been taking that bus for a long time. And, it, and, and God, I heard you had a sense of humor, but that ain't funny that you put the train right outside the church. I wanted a car to park in the church parking lot. Then you don't want to hear, ladies, 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 you, wanna, you don't want to hear another one of your girlfriends getting married. If you get another invitation, God, I bought a dress in the 90s because I believed it was my season. And some of you got married and you shouldn't have got married. You was praying and fasting, God, send me a Boaz. God, send me. And you got a bozo. And now you're asking God for deliverance. You're asking God to take him. Lord, please take him. Don't kill him, but take him, Lord. Let somebody else find him. I, I just, Lord, please, Jesus. I got up this morning to tell you, to encourage you, to remind you that no matter what it is that you're dealing with, all things work together for good. Would you nudge somebody around and tell them it's going to work out for you? It's going to work out. It's going. While you're going through, beloved, the word of God will be proven in your life. For the word is always proven when we're under attack. Here's a sign if you're in a fiery trial, that's good news. How can that be good news? Because fiery trials always precede blessings, promotion, and breakthroughs. Throughout the scriptures, you find the evidence of this. It's not just a Sunday school story, saints, but you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. You remember that, right? They refute... Uh, Abendigo, excuse me. <clears throat> they were thrown in the fiery furnace because they refused to bow down to the image Nebuchadnezzar set up. They were thrown into a fiery furnace that was uh, heated uh, uh, seven times hotter than normal. But the only thing that burned on them, on their person, was that which had them bound. They walked out of that fiery furnace situation with not even the smell of smoke on their bodies. When the king looked in, he, he said, wait a minute, didn't I put three in there? But why is it that I see four and the fourth looks like the son of the living God? You can't be in a fiery furnace and God not be there with you. To take the sting, to take the heat out of the flames. It's good to know that when we're in the fiery furnace that God is the one who controls the thermostat. That God will not allow the, the, the powers that be to, to uh, uh, be victorious over you but that God will deliver you. And when God delivers you out of a situation, like with those three Hebrew boys, there will be a promotion awaiting you on the other side. Just as God promoted them, God will promote you as well. I said that 
the children of Israel, while they were in uh, Israel, they began to multiply. In fact, they were multiplying so much that, uh, that uh, the, 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 the Pharaoh decided, we got to kill some of these male babies. We got to stop this. These people are, are a threat to us. And so there was given a charge, but uh, he even gave the midwives instruction, make sure these male ch children are, are killed. And, and, and they, they, they did not honor his word and they would not do such a thing. And they said, we just can't, we, th these babies are coming out so quick. We just can't, they're just growing everywhere. In the middle or in the furnace of affliction, they find themselves growing and growing and growing. Isn't it amazing? In all that you've been going through, other folk have died in what you're going through. But as for you, my brother and sister, you keep growing, you keep multiplying, you keep expanding. I mean, you, you, have you not noticed that you got some haters that you didn't have before? Because no matter what's going on in your life, the Lord keep blessing you over and over and over again. They lied on you on the job and you got promoted just the same. People even conjured up things and stories in the church house. But here you are being blessed of God and elevated just the same because that's what God does. God has a way of taking the things that work against you and make them work for you. If I got a witness in the house, I need somebody to shout a hallelujah. Glory to God. Who am I talking to today? It was good for me that I was afflicted. God hears the cries of his people while we're in affliction, but you must understand that there are some things that God writes into the script. There are some things that just have to happen. It's just got to happen because wonderful things, believe it or not, happen under pressure. All the ladies in the house, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You got pressure all over you today, all over you. Stay with it, ladies. Stay with it. I'm looking around. I'm looking at pressure all over you, hanging off your ears, around your neck, on your finger. It's called diamonds, sisters. Diamonds, diamonds. You know, they say diamonds are a girl's best friend. Diamonds, diamonds are created under enormous pressure. Uh, uh, olives and grapes before they can give up their virtue must go through pressure Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation uh, I know your faith name it and claim it blab it and grab it possess uh, you know confess it to possess it that's all wonderful and good but there's some things you cannot confess out of scripture Jesus said you will experience tribulation you'll go through some despair some distress the word tribulation there it, it means to squeeze and it describes the process that grapes and olives go through to release their virtue. Before you can get the oil, before you can get the grape juice or the wine from the grape, it's got to go through pressure. Before the virtue or the treasure inside of you will come to manifestation, you got to go through some squeezing times. You got to go through some times of pressure. But there in John 16 and 33, Jesus did not end with tribulation. He says, you're going to have some tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I've already overcome them. I think this is a good place to pause for a moment. I call it a praise break back home. How about here? Let's give God great praise for the good thing he's going to do for us, even in the midst of our affliction. See, these children of Israel began to pray and they begin to cry out, Lord, help us, Lord, help us. And uh, Moses gets instruction and goes to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, God told me to, to tell you to let my people go. And he's like, who is this God? Who, who is this God that I might serve him? What, is Israel idle? They don't have enough to do? That I should let them go 
and worship God? Oh, no, we won't be doing that. So he gives his taskmasters instructions and he says, I want you to withhold straw from the Israelites. They got so much time on their hands. Don't give them any straw and see if they can find straw for themselves or make bricks without straw. Saints, I want to encourage you that when you're in affliction, when you're going through, when the enemy turns the heat up higher and wants to make your life even more complex, be careful of what you pray. They're crying out, but what are you crying about? They're crying out for straw. But in this season of your life, don't pray about straw. Straw is not what you need. If you're praying for straw, then what it says to me is you don't have a clue as to what God is doing in your life. You're missing timing, and timing is critical. If you're praying about straw, it means you're praying, God, let me be a better slave. And what God is getting ready to do in your life is to change it so dramatically that he's going to remove you out of the confinement altogether where you're not even going to need the straw. What he's getting ready, you can say straw, you can stay right here. I'm moving on to bigger and better things. Would you just nudge somebody near you and make that confession they are moving on to some bigger and better things. Mm. Glory be to God. And so in the midst of their affliction, in the midst of your affliction, make sure you're keen in the regards of, of, of how you pray and see beyond today, see beyond your situation and know this, that if, the, if, if you're under pressure, if you're going through, if you're dealing with an intense season of life, there's something you need to do. You need to be very intentional in this. Uh, ladies, I already talked about your diamonds, but every woman, every mother in the house, anyone who's ever delivered a baby knows pain is related to birth brothers we think we know those of us who've been in the birthing room we've watched the machine we've seen another pain is getting ready to come another con con contraction is coming and you know they're nice and all yeah I know but after a while they don't want to hear nothing because they already know about the pain and they know what it means when women are experiencing the, the pain of labor. It has to do with the cervix dilating, a passageway being made open to bring a deliverance. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, when, when as the doctors and the nurses are checking to make sure things are in order, the doctors and the nurse or, 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 or either one of them will give the mother some instruction and say, listen, things are looking really good. I can see the crown. Things are going good now. The next time you feel pain, push. And I want to encourage you right here, and I want you to help me to preach this thing to somebody near you, somebody who's going through, somebody's been afflicted, somebody's been in the throngs of life. I want you to tell them when you feel the next pain. Push. My God, can you use that as an, ac an acronym today? Push, P-U-S-H. Tell your neighbor, praise until something happens. Praise until something happens. Don't stop praying. The Lord is nigh. Don't stop praying. He'll hear your cry. The Lord is with you. The Lord will answer you. The Lord will bring about a great deliverance. Please understand the Pharaoh refused to let the people of God go into the wilderness and worship. Saints, it's about your worship. The devil's been trying to keep you confined. He's tried to oppress you. He's tried to keep you back. He's tried to hold you. He's tried to weigh you down. He's tried to imprison you, to limit your ability, to limit your function, to keep you jailed. But God says today, something is getting ready to happen for you today. 
Now, for those of you who can wait till tomorrow, you go ahead and wait. For those of you who can wait till next week, God bless you. For those of you who can wait till next year this time, God bless you. But for the rest of us in this house that need a right now move of God, I need God to do something for me today. If that's you in the house, somebody shout, today! I got up this morning to speak this word to you to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, that your day of waiting is over. I'm bold enough to make the decree in Jesus' name what you've been waiting for, what you've been praying for, what you've been on your knees crying out to God for is giving way now to a mighty move of God with his mighty outstretched hand. Though the enemy has been relentless, everybody's got a pharaoh, though the enemy has been relentless and determined to hold you back, God says no longer enough is enough would you find about three people near you that you can connect with and just declare enough is enough enough is enough enough is enough I'm coming out of this oh blessed be the name of Jesus right here right now and I think it's a good place to give God some glory Satan's been trying to keep you from the place of worship trying to hold you back but today I'm coming out and I'm coming out with a praise I'm coming out with a song I'm coming out with a dance I'm coming out with a leap I'm coming out with glory to God I'm coming out with praise ye the Lord would you look at your neighbor please take him by the hand and say oh magnify the Lord with me let us exalt his name together I'm speaking to somebody today who's been in the prison too long, you've been enslaved too long, but now is the day of your deliverance. For deliverance shows up at your house. I want you to know that he's able to do whatever needs to be done in your life. If he saved you, he raised you and filled you with his Holy Spirit. And if the enemy's been pressing you, you've been raised with resurrection power. And today is the day that you tap on that power that is on the inside of you. Somebody speak to yourself and say, I'm coming out in Jesus' name. Though the Pharaoh was determined not to let the people go, he could not fight against the word of God. I want to remind you again that you got more for you than you than, than against you. And when Pharaoh finally agreed to let the people go after the many plagues of Israel, after God hardening his heart, God causing him to work with his purpose and plan, he let the children of Egypt out. They left millions strong, but they did not leave without first demanding of their Egyptian neighbors, tell the women of Israel to ask for or demand their silver, their gold, and their garments, and put it on your children. And the Bible said they walked out of Egypt with boldness. My God, you're not going to walk out of this with timidity. You're not going to walk out of this just struggling out. You're coming out with boldness. Lift up your head. Stick out your chest. God is causing a way of escape for you. You're coming out of this thing. My God, my God. And so they're released. And then the Pharaoh has a, a change of heart when he discovers his economic system has been devastated. And so he says, what have we done? 
done? Are we stupid? Are we crazy? And so he sends his 600 choices chariots to go and get the Israelites. And the Israelites looked as they came and they began to be fearful. But Moses said, do not be afraid. Here they are now, the enemy behind them, the Red Sea before them. They're afraid. Why didn't you let us stay in Egypt? Why didn't you let us die there as slaves? But my God, saints, when you face a Red Sea, know that God is the God of the sea. And everything that God speaks to God to obey. What's in your hands, Moses, a rod? Stretch out your hand. You know the story. And the sea opened up. And the children of Israel walked over on dry land. But not before God said, the Egyptians you see today, you will see no longer. And so the Bible says that the enemy pursued them. When God rebuked the sea and caused the sea to collapse over their enemy. And there in the Red Sea, the enemy was drowned. My God, the Bible says Miriam took up a tambourine and began to praise and magnify the Lord and praise him for his exodus, for his deliverance. I believe what God's getting ready to do in your life is going to demand a praise like none other. My God, my God. But listen, I can't take my seat without telling you something about the Red Sea opening and the Red Sea closing again. There are three things that you need to take away at least as it relates to the opening and the closing of the Red Sea. Number one, the reason that the Israelites, uh, or the Red Sea was open was so that the Israelites could cross over on dry land. God made a way of escape. Tell your neighbor, he's going to bring you out. Secondly, it was a pathway or a highway of death for the Egyptians. The Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea when the Red Sea collapsed on them, which says to me that, the thing, that your past will never, ever be able to catch up with you again. Isn't that good to know? Relax. Don't fear. It's over. You're a brand new creation in Christ. But I really love this one, saints. I love it so much that, that God knows human propensity. God knows how we are. God knows that if we're not careful, we have this way of going back to where we've come from. And God has a way. Thank be to God. Don't look at me like you're so holier than me. You know that you've had temptation. To, to do some things that you, 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 you shouldn't have done. And some, you know, Ray Ray been calling you and, and you said, I'm going to walk with Jesus. But God called that sea to close up again to keep Israel from going back to the place that they've come from. I want you to know that it's time for you to forget what's behind you and press toward the mark of the prize in Christ Jesus. It's a new day for you. I declare deliverance for everyone in this house. I declare freedom for you. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And when they came out, they praised and they magnified God. I don't understand this neo-Pentecostal group. God do something for you and you just patty cake them. But I remember a day and a time when the saints didn't have half of what we have, but they praised God with everything that they had with him. They had little sayings, get ugly for Jesus. Praise him in the good times. Praise him in the bad times. You may not see your way out right now, but if we can borrow from the classic song, would you look at your neighbor, please, and say, don't wait till the battle is over. Shout right now.
my time is up my time is up every head bowed please every eye closed for a moment though I know your heads can be raised and your eyes can be opened it's not the posture of your person but the posture of your heart there's many of you today that came into this place that have been bound bound of the enemy confined challenged on every side the word of the Lord is to you today to bring deliverance to you wherever you may be Perhaps you're a sinner. Perhaps you've not yet received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Today is your day of salvation. Don't reject him another moment. You'll say, well, when I get my life together, I'll come to him. If you could get your life together, you would have no need of him. But I bid you in Jesus' name, I urge you today, make him your Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you want me to pray with you to receive Jesus Christ, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, just raise your hand up high that I might see who you are, wherever you are. I want to know who I'm praying for today in this house. I see a hand there in the rear. God bless you. Are there others? Are there others? Salvation comes to you today. Receive him. Don't reject him. You who are viewing online, wherever you are in the world, salvation is yours. It's very simple. Mean it. Mean it. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and he'll save you right where you are. You may be on drugs. You may be bound to alcohol. Whatever the, whatever the vice is, it's irrelevant. As it comes to Jesus, he's powerful, more powerful than all of those things. He can save, heal, and deliver you. Church, would you help me to pray with these who've raised their hand? Just lift up all of your hands together in this congregation and say, Dear God, I repent of my sins. I come to you in Jesus' name. Save me. Deliver me. Even as you raise Jesus from the dead. I confess Jesus as Lord and believe that you will now give me to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. For the rest of my life, I will serve you. I will live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together and bless him.